0: Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We've come to the end of an amazing series on the book of Genesis. It's been special for many reasons. You've been with us, and we've had our team with us. Welcome to the team. And we've had team teachers teaching the whole time. Stephanie, I'm excited that you're going to conclude our series Mm -hmm. on the book of Genesis. You say, Derek, why did you have team teachers teach the whole series? Answer, we've been wanting to inspire you to go to our website, hopetv.org, hopess ss and download the same outline Stephanie will be using today, we're all using in our study, and start an in-depth interactive study group in your area. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a thousand more study groups mm. as a result of this series on Genesis? So we're glad that you're inspired to be part of this Hope Sabbath School interactive study. I do want to also welcome, welcome some remote Team members who are joining us. Puya, good to see you from Hawaii. Always glad to have you here. Pedro is joining us from Maryland. Pedro, good to see you. And uh, Travis is joining us from Michigan. Travis, always good to see you. We're going to have a great study today, and we're glad you're here, too. We're always happy to hear from you, our Hope Sabbath School members around the world. You can write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. And here's just a few notes. Daniel writes to us, from New Zealand, and Daniel says, Hello, Hope Sabbath School team, and he gets the wave. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Daniel, and I'm a deacon at the Dunedin SDA Church in New Zealand. Thank you kindly for the fantastic program. It's a great way for me and my grandma, Betty, to catch up with the Bible study. We both learned so much about the Bible and the love of Jesus for Mm -hmm. us all. Amen. Amen. On behalf of the entire congregation of the Dunedin Church, may God bless you and the team. Well, Daniel, thanks for writing to us from Dunedin, and greetings to the whole church family. If you haven't started a class yet, we want to encourage you, Daniel, to download the same outline and start an in-depth, interactive class there in the Dunedin Church. Jacob writes to us from Livingstone. Anybody know which country Livingstone is? Zambia, right by Victoria (laughs) Falls. On the border with Zimbabwe is is Livingstone, Zambia. And uh, Jacob writes and says, Thank you for the wonderful work of Hope Sabbath School. The program has helped me and my family grow spiritually. The Bible teaching has blessed me so much, I've been baptized, and now I'm a full-time Seventh-day Adventist. Amen. Amen. May God continue blessing you in your work. Well, Jacob, thanks for writing to us from Livingstone, and we're so thankful that you're growing in the Lord, and pray God will bless you. Maybe you'll start an in-depth, interactive class in there in Livingstone. Well, here's one of those handwritten notes. I love to get mm-hmm. these because I love to hear from you, our Impact Partners, this is from a donor in Georgia, in the United States, that says, Dear Hope Sabbath School members, in 2009 I became very sick and was taken to a hospital. While I was there, I noticed every time my meal tray would come to me, there was a Bible verse on my tray. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I asked the question, I discovered it was a Seventh-day Adventist hospital. Now, I wake up every morning at 5.30 a.m. to pray, and then I watch Hope Sabbath School. Amen. Amen. Every day for the past two years, I need to thank you all for the wonderful blessings that come from your programs and a donation of $200 to bless the Amen. ministry of Hope Sabbath School. Thank you, donor. In Georgia, you know who you are, and we're so thankful that God not only spared your life, but blessed your life. Uh, through that time of sickness. Well, Eric writes to us, by the way, I should thank all of our donors, too, shouldn't That's I? Right, yeah. You're all part of the miracle. Whether it's $2 or $200 or $2,000, yeah. just go to our website, hopetv.org slash click on the Donate button, be part of an impact movement that God is using to bless lives around the world. Like Nigeria, where Eric writes to us and says, Peace be unto you. Yeah. My name is Eric from Nigeria. I've been watching Hope Sabbath School for more than four years now. I watch twice every week, and I use the outline in the Student Fellowship." Amen? Yeah. That's what we've been trying to inspire people to do during this series on Genesis, and Eric is using it in his Student Fellowship anytime he teaches the class. Hope Sabbath mm-hmm. School has been such a blessing to me, Increase my knowledge in studying the Bible, I also enjoy the Scripture songs as well, <laughs> and I'm very happy to be part of God's family. Amen? Amen? Amen. God bless you in your work. God bless the team members. Eric, thanks for writing to us from Nigeria. You're an encouragement to us, too. We're so glad you're using the outline to teach an in-depth, interactive class there in your community. And one last note, from the beautiful island nation of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I had to look that up, Billy, to see if that was one country, but it is, right? St. Vincent and the Grenadines in the Caribbean. I watch Hope Sabbath School, Corrine writes, every weekend, and I enjoy the Scripture songs. Pastor Derek, please thank your wife for putting God's Word to music. I'll do that, Corrine, thank you. (laughs) I find myself singing the Scripture songs without even thinking about it. I'm so blessed by the Bible studies with the Hope Sabbath School team. I like the explanations of the Word of God. May God continue to bless you as you spread the gospel to all the world." Well, Corinne, thanks for writing to us from St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And we're going to sing a song in just a moment, and we'll ask you to join us uh, as we sing. But before we do, This is the last opportunity to get that beautiful resource. It's a book, Patriarchs and Prophets. We have a digital copy for you. You can get it in more than 20 languages, so you choose the language you prefer, or an audiobook. Just go to our website, hopetv.org, click on the free gift button and get your free copy. That book is a wonderful resource as we're studying the book of Genesis first 21 chapters about Genesis, but there's 52 more chapters all the way to King David. So don't miss that beautiful resource. Go to our website, click on the free gift button, and be blessed. But right now we need you to sing with us a theme song that's been such a blessing during this series, words inspired words by the sons of Korah, a tune my wife gave us to help us to learn it, It says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. awesome." (laughs) He's a great king over all the earth. Let's sing it together. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. Oh, clap
1: your hands, all
0: you people to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome, He is a great King over all the earth. For God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound
2: of a trumpet.
0: Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. Oh clap your hands, all you peoples. And to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord most high is
3: awesome.
0: He is the great King over all the earth. For oh, God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. You come with a voice of triumph of the, the Lord Most High in our home. Awesome. He is the great king of a robbe. He is the great king of a robbe. He is the great king of a robin. You know, I could almost hear Corine singing <laughs> in Saint Vincent and the Grenadines mm-hmm. as we sang our scripture song. And Stefan, I'm really looking forward to our study as we look at. Israel in Egypt. Is that Israel Jacob, or is that Israel the children of Israel? Well, I guess you'll tell us as we study. Thanks for leading us in prayer.
1: Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank You so much for Your faithfulness throughout this series of studies. And as we read Your Word today, I pray that we would walk away with our eyes focused on the Promised Land, as our forefathers were had their eyes focused also there. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.
0: amen.
1: All right, so today's study is on Israel in Egypt. Now, I have a question for you. Why was Israel, that is Jacob, why was he in or going to Egypt? What were the events that led to this point? Gladys. Well, in our previous studies we
4: studied the story of Joseph and how he was sold into slavery and then brought to Egypt and now the famine and now he's the governor. So, we left off the study where Joseph revealed himself to his brothers and now he invited his father to come and join him in Egypt. He
1: invited his father to come, thank you very much, Gladys, he invited his father to come join him in Egypt. And we're going to pick up our study today in Chapter 45, and looking at verses 24 to 28. And Sabina, would you start our study today? Genesis 45
2: verses 24 to 28. Okay, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Genesis 45 from 24 to 28. And the word says, So he sent his brothers away, and they departed, and he said to them, See that you do not become troubled along the way. (laughs) Then they they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to Jacob their father. And they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still (laughs) because he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, And when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. Mm -hmm. Then Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Mm -hmm.
1: All right. So, I heard a little chuckling uh, when, when Joseph gave some instruction. What came to your mind when he said, See that you do not you're not troubled along the way." <laughs> what, what was he saying, Nancy? He was
5: imagining that the brothers would be fighting and saying, see, I told you, you shouldn't have done that,
4: and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gladys? Yeah, my version says, don't quarrel, don't quarrel on the way. He knew that there we're going to be some bickering in the way of <laughs> whose fault it was, who did this, who did that, and maybe they, they just, even though they knew they had been forgiven, probably there will be some doubt still in their minds. Mm-hmm. All right, and, Derek. and
0: I want to agree with that uh, comment. I'm, I'm not sure that it's bickering among themselves. It's the anxiety mm-hmm. about whether Joseph has really shown God's grace mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm.
1: Or maybe the anxiety about, how are we going to tell our father? <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. that
0: too, that's a good yeah. point, because yeah. they have yeah brought about a terrible deception as Mm. well as selling Mm. their brother into slavery.
2: Yes. 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 Sabina. Yes, I wonder, Stephanie, if they were discussing or they are You know, Joseph imagined that they could be discussing among themselves whether they were going to tell the father the entire truth or not. Because remember, Joseph, he had heard a conversation among the siblings back in the day, and he knew actually what had taken place Mm -hmm. in details. So, maybe he was afraid that they were going to fight and quarrel and have difficulties in eventually actually opening up to the father and finally coming back to Egypt with him. Interesting. And and how did,
1: (laughs) how did Jacob respond? So now they've told their father, right? How did he respond? Billy. You know, I'm
6: <laughs> glad you didn't have a heart attack.
1: <laughs> I agree.
6: I mean, you've uh, got to be careful how you uh, uh, do certain announcements. But um, <laughs> I think, you know, uh, he, the way he responded, he was also in shock because you know, he was, he, that's not what he was expecting. And, you know, it's one thing that Joseph is still alive, and the fact that, you know, they brought, you know, all the uh, more food and gifts. So I think he, he was in state of shock. But, um, yeah, I think finally, like, he, he, he was, uh, in, the, in the last study we talked about surrender. Yes. He was quick to surrender this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow.
1: And he was convinced. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. He was convinced when he saw. Uh, Jason, did you have something you wanted to share as well?
7: I was going to say he was convinced because thankfully there was some evidence. Joseph had sent them all these carts back and, they actually had a, a legit story. And so, he was convinced by their story, by the evidence. And it may have it may have taken a little bit here, because, yeah, it does say his heart stopped, he didn't believe them, but he does eventually believe them. As he sees all this, he's like, okay, something's got to have happened.
1: Mm-hmm. And then something else took place. In uh, the next chapter, we're going to chapter 46 and looking at verses 2 through 4. And, um, Pedro, if you'd be willing to read for us that, But something in addition to seeing all of the uh, goods from Egypt convinced, further convinced Israel as he was going back to Egypt.
8: Yes, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, uh, Genesis 46, 2 to 4. Then God spoke to Israel in the vision of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here I am. So he said, I am God the God of your father, do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there, and I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also surely bring you up again, and Joseph will put his hand on your eyes." Hmm.
1: Imagine that. Hmm. There is, it's very clear. What is clear here? who is speaking to Jacob? God. 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 speaking to him. Yes. Go ahead, Billy.
6: Oh, I didn't Reagan. have my hands okay. up. But <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's okay, but I, I feel like, you know, there was a sense of, um, you know, maybe from the outside, Jacob said he was going, but, you know, he still had certain doubt. And I think God wanted to reassure him. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think, you know, we're, um, even though, let's say we agreed to do certain things, like we still haven't heard God's confirmation yet. Mm. Um, so that I felt like God needed, mm. you know, to put him at peace about you know what's, what was about to happen, and sometimes just a revelation from God would do it. Mm-hmm. The love of God, the <laughs>
1: love of God, but there was something specific that God said to him. Gladys, did you want to share that? Or? Yes. Okay. Um, Remember in the past, we
4: we spoke about, uh, in another lessons we talk about Abraham going to Egypt as a detour Mm -hmm. and then returning to Bethel. I think Jacob wanted to do the opposite. He went to Bethel first, because in the first verse, it said that, you know, he went to sacrifice to God. He wanted to ask and seek God's guidance for this, and God He remembered the promise that he had given to him that the land of Canaan was going to be his. Hmm. So maybe Jacob had that doubt. Why? Why would I go to Egypt if this is the land that God had promised me? Uh But God said, go, because I'm going to go with you, but I will bring you back. I'm going to fulfill my promises to you.
1: Hmm. All right. Puya, and then we'll go to uh, Travis. Uh, The
9: one thing that stands out for me is God telling him, do not fear Do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. And I I believe another uh, interesting fact is this was the same God who called Abraham uh, his name twice. Abraham, Abraham. And now we see the same God calling Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. And we will see down the road in Exodus, the same God speaking to Moses by calling his name twice. And I believe this reemphasized that he is the same God who spoke to Abraham and Gave the promise and the same God is now coming back to Jacob to
3: reassure him that he can have hope for the future.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. Yes, Travis.
3: One of the things that caught my attention um, was that, and this was just uh, Gladys just said this, is that God said, I will go with you and that I will bring you out of this land again. And so it's like, it's not just um, God saying, I think you should go, you know, go that way. But he's saying, not only should you go, but I'm going to accompany you and then I'm going to bring you back out.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm looking for one more thing. Nancy. There's a detail here that I think
5: is so beautiful. It says, and Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. Mm.
1: It's so lovely. It is, it is, John. Mm-hmm.
10: Yeah. No, in verse 3, it tells, "...for I will make you into a great nation." Yes, mm-hmm.
2: promise. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know,
10: uh, the circumstances and the place where Jacob and his sons were was not conducive for them to become this mighty nation. Correct. Mm-hmm. God had to
0: bring them to Egypt, then they would grow into a nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I just yeah. read in the margin, someone can correct this, but, but this putting hand on the eyes literally uh, is that he will close your eyes when you die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it wasn't just like, I love you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was basically saying, you'll go and you'll live the rest of your mm-hmm. days there. Mm-hmm. But remember, when he dies, I know it's the end of the story, he yes. asked for his bones to be taken mm-hmm. back to Canaan because yes. that's yeah. his home. Yeah. And that's where he'll be raised in the great resurrection when the Lord yes. returns in glory. Yes. Amen. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sabina. I think it was especially reassuring to, to Jacob that God would tell him that he was going to make of him a great nation there, because his expectation was that the great nation would be in Canaan, right? That's the initial promise of God. So, I think that Jacob was just needing that reaffirmation from God to make sure that the fact that he was going to be back to Egypt was not going to, as you know, was said before, be a detour from God's original plan. So, he could be going, trusting, and resting, that God still would fulfill His promise, and that His children were not just trying to, you know, take Him out of the initial plan, right? So, He was on His way to
1: Egypt. Now, we have to get to the point where Joseph and (laughs) Jacob meet, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to look in the same chapter, in verse 46, but now at verses 29 and 30. And, John, would you read that for us?
10: Sure. Genesis, chapter 46, verses 29 and 30 from the ESV. Then Joseph prepared his chariot and went up to meet Israel's father in Goshen. He presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Israel said to Joseph, "'Now let me die, since I have seen your face, and know that you are still alive.'"
1: Hmm. Wow. What impacts you with this reunion?
3: Hmm. The laugh. The, the love between
4: the father and the son. I mean, many years of suffering for Jacob and Joseph as well.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. Puya.
9: In 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 the previous uh, studies, uh, we we read somewhere that you know Jacob wanted to ha- to live in peace. You know, when he came to the land of Canaan, he he wanted to live in peace. But um, you know, time after time, his life has been full of you know controversies and problems after another and finally i believe he is ready to say okay i'm ready to you know just be at peace and i i i think this is so beautiful here
1: Nancy did you have your hand up um
5: no but i think it's also so beautiful that um he finally got to see his son again i mean the the treasured son, um, the the son of of promise, you know, who had had these these dreams that were kind of a puzzle to him when they first happened, but now it comes full circle.
1: Mm. And and Joseph doesn't leave anything un, uh, t- and unattended to, right? When his brothers come, he gives them some specific instructions as well. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at that after his meeting with his father in verses 31 through 34, and Sabina, if you would read that for us, we're looking at Joseph's specific instruction to his brothers.
2: Okay, so I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Genesis 46, from verse 31 to 34. And it says, Then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and say to him, My brothers and those of my father's house, who were in the land of Canaan, have come to me. And the men are shepherds, for their occupation has been to feed livestock. And they have brought their flocks, their herds, and all that they have. So it shall be, when Pharaoh calls you and says, What is your occupation? That you shall say, Your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth even till now both we and also our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Mm. (laughs) Mm.
3: Mm.
2: All right. So, why
1: did Joseph tell his brothers, tell them you're shepherds?
2: I think it's
0: the same reason that Abraham, later called Abraham, went to the mountains Mm -hmm. rather than to Sodom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot pitched towards Sodom. I, I think with the wisdom of God's Spirit, Joseph is saying, there's idolatry in Egypt. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm living mm-hmm. in the midst of it, mm-hmm. like Daniel yes. living in the midst of Babylon, right? Yeah. But, but I want to shield you mm-hmm. from that. And so, here's the way. <laughs> the Egyptians despise shepherds, and you are shepherds, but don't hide it, tell them, and that yes. will give you a certain
3: barrier.
1: barrier? Mm-hmm. barrier mm-hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Travis,
3: I think Derek is is absolutely right, but I want to just add a thought to that. And that is, if I think Joseph is the man that I think he is, or if he is the man I think he is, he wouldn't have told Pharaoh all of the things his brothers did. So the Pharaoh would have probably had um, a great expectation of who these people are based on his experience with Joseph and would have wanted to exalt them to maybe some positions um, because he would have thought they're like Joseph and uh, so here Joseph is protecting them from you know maybe being elevated to a commander or you know to certain um, positions in the kingdom where they could have become corrupted because Joseph knew that you know that they were weak men
1: mm. and Travis we do see that mm-hmm. as we see the blessings of Pharaoh. And I like, if you would read that for us in Genesis 47, we'll look at verses one through six and see how Pharaoh showed kindness actually to the entire family of
3: Jacobs. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then Joseph went and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brother, their flocks and their herds And all they possess have come from the land of Canaan, and indeed they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? (laughs) And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, We have come to dwell in the land because our servants have no... Your servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and your brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. So how did Pharaoh show his kindness? It, it may be very obvious, right? But how did he show kindness? Billy?
6: Yeah, so he allowed them to look after his uh, livestock. And also he saw in them that you know, there were people who, um, they had a the skill set and they weren't going to be a burden. Um, but instead of it being a burden, they would be a blessing. And um, so, yeah, so he welcomed them because and also they said that they weren't going to be there for a long time. So it was very temporary. So he saw that, no, like they are just here temporary. And if they have a skill set that I can use, um, so might as well use them.
1: Mm -hmm. Gladys. Well, he
4: said that the land is before you. Mm. Everything. He put everything at their disposal. And obviously Goshen was a, a place of that it was fruitful, that it was nice for, for shepherds, maybe had a lot of grass. So, he was very generous in his offer, not only welcoming, but he offered them a good place
1: to be. Very generous. Now, let's, let's see what uh, Jacob does as, after this, all right? In verses 7 through 10. And Nancy, would you read that for us? Sure. Genesis 47, verses 7 through 10. Okay. Then Joseph brought in his father, Jacob,
5: and set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are one hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. So, Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. Mm. Mm.
1: What speaks to you in that, in those uh, few verses? So, Pharaoh had blessed Jacob's family, Mm. and then Jacob blesses Pharaoh. Uh,
0: Different kind of blessing.
1: Different kind of blessing. What Speak to us about that. Well,
0: I think Pharaoh, again, there's five more years of famine. They're two years into the famine.
1: That's right. To
0: me, it's, it's a great favor to Joseph
1: That's right. that
0: his family would be treated with such mm-hmm. generosity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, but the blessing that Jacob prays for Pharaoh is a heavenly blessing. Amen. So, it's different from you bless, I bless. That's right. To me, what's startling, Stephanie, is that the Holy Spirit gives Jacob I was going to say the audacity, but I'll say the courage, the courage to bless a world leader. (laughs) Mm. After saying, we're all shepherds, but I'm Mm. going to pray a blessing in the name of the Lord God of heaven.
1: Amen. So, (laughs) I'm thinking here that he could stand before a king of
0: of the
1: earth, right an earthly king, because he had kneeled before Mm. the heavenly King, amen. amen. You know, um, I, I see hands up. So Travis, and then we'll go to Puya.
3: Um, I, and I, I think it's important to to note that you know, as the story continues, as long as that pharaoh lived, there was uh, there was a blessing in the land of Canaan, or I mean, in the land of Egypt. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until that pharaoh was gone. Um, that uh that trouble started. So I think Derek is is absolutely right. That blessing was a heavenly blessing and it continued mm-hmm. long after the plagues uh the the plague of drought.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
9: And what comes to my mind here is the fact that this fulfills the promise that God made to Jacob's grandfather Abraham, you know, when God first called Abraham that he would become his descendants would become blessing to all nations, and so by Jacob blessing the king of this land, Egypt, uh, he is fulfilling that promise that uh, he's to become the blessing for not just for his own you know line and descendants, but for the entire world. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right, and there so there was that fulfillment of the promise, and we see in verse twenty-seven that they grew exceedingly. Right. Um, so, I have a question for you, something for us to think about. Have you ever been impressed to pray a prayer of blessing, a heavenly blessing on someone? Or have you experienced the blessing of having someone pray for you? Gladys.
4: Yeah, I have a friend that she's a physician, and you know, this time during COVID, it has been very hard. And she invited me to visit her for her birthday. And the minute I enter into her Mm -hmm. facility, I don't know, it was just like, I felt like I was impressed to pray for her. Mm. And it was just, I don't know why, I just started crying, and I just closed my eyes, I put my hand on her, and I started praying for her that God would use her hands and use her as an instrument of healing, of peace, of light in that community.
6: Mm. Amen. Wow.
1: Powerful. Billy?
6: Yeah, I, I remembered one time I was uh, traveling and I was going to be traveling for like a whole year uh, throughout Africa. Um, and when I told my church members, you know, some of them didn't have much, they gave me like $20 bill or whatever they have, but um, most of them took time to pray for me. Mm-hmm. And um, that blessing mm-hmm. carried me because even when I went there, um, there was a time that I was in South Sudan and even the, the security guards were getting malaria and typhoid. It's like the combo of those diseases. And I would wake up and I also getting bit by mosquitoes. But throughout the one year I've been in, in, in Africa, I never got uh, a typhoid, never got malaria. To the point that when I came back to the same church, people were mad at me because I, I look so healthy.
0: <laughs>
6: and so th- those blessings, they carry me. Yeah, they are, they are, um, they are very important and mm-hmm. significant. Amen. Amen. You know, I've been
0: blessed to pray blessings for many, but I want to share one time. It's actually after studying this story uh, that I asked my father to pray a blessing oh. for me. Mm. And he, he, I'm sure he would prayed for me as I was growing up, but never to kneel and lay hands on me and pray a blessing like we're seeing here at the end of Jacob's life. And uh, my father's first reaction, you know, he sleeps in Jesus now, but his first reaction was, I'm not worthy to do that. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Look at Jacob. I mean, mm-hmm. look at all the things he did, and yet he he chose to, in the name of the Lord, God bless." And mm-hmm. and I was truly blessed, Stephanie, to schedule that time. And my father and mother knelt and laid their hands on me, and my father prayed the kind of deep, from the deep in his heart, prayer that profoundly blessed my life. Mm-hmm. And I would, I guess, I would say to Parents who are watching, or children who are watching Hope Sabbath School today, don't pass by this that this is just something that Jacob did, because he not only blesses Pharaoh, right? He blesses his grandchildren, he blesses all of his children. Don't pass over this without saying, Lord, is there someone you want me, like that physician Mm. Gladys mentioned, to pray a blessing for? Or is there someone? that you want me to ask to pray a blessing of the Lord on my life.
8: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Beautiful testimony.
2: Yes.
1: As we think about that, uh, parents praying for their children, I'd like us to read uh, Genesis 48, 1 through 6. And we're going to look at the blessing that Jacob prays for Joseph. Um, his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And, Jason, would you read that for us? Genesis 48, 1
2: through 6.
7: The New King James Version says in Genesis chapter 48, verses 1 through 6, Now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, Indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told look your son Joseph is coming to you and Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed then Jacob said to Joseph God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me behold I will make you fruitful and multiply you and I will make of you a multitude of people and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession and now your two sons ephraim and manasseh who were born to you in the land of egypt before i came to you in egypt are mine as reuben and simeon they shall be mine your offspring whom you beget after them shall be yours they will be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance
1: so, why do you think Joseph or Jacob blessed the two sons of Joseph? In fact, only the only two grand, um, grandsons that are were blessed. Why did he start there? I'm, Nancy? I'm not sure,
5: but I think it's because of Joseph's life. He was so faithful to God. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there were two sons of Jacob that, he didn't. Uh, there was there was Simeon and there was Reuben, but then in their place, I guess he had Ephraim and Manasseh because they came from Joseph, who had been so faithful
1: to God. Mm. Mm. And uh, Pedro.
8: It is interesting to understand the uh, the history of, of blessing. You know, looking at the uh, the children, parents will give a special blessing for their firstborn. In this case, Reuben will be the firstborn, but. Uh, Joseph was his firstborn of his beloved wife, uh, Rachel, and he is the one who received a double blessing. And uh, as the other brothers will receive a blessing from his father, he gave the double blessing to Joseph's sons by giving to each one also part of the inheritance of Israel.
1: And Pedro, would you speak to us a little bit more about the blessing of Manasseh? And Ephraim, how did the Lord lead in that um, that blessing?
8: Yes, I, I found that a beautiful story, and I think is is a, a phenomenon that uh, even Israel at this point uh, realize how God can work through us if we allow Him to work. I see a problem here to this family field that we've been study through, through the uh, for a few weeks now that power is something that our, and Joseph, Jacob and all his sons are always looking for. And here he's surrendering the power to God. And he sees the, the oldest child and the youngest child and his son, uh, Joseph comes in and put both of them in front of him, put the uh, older one to his right hand and the, the younger one to his left hand. And at the moment of the blessing, he decides to swap his hand and cross his hand across the head of both children and, and give a blessing to the youngest one to receive the double blessing that he deserves, as a, uh, of, that his older will deserve, and the youngest or the oldest receive the blessing of the youngest. Something that would have happened if he had allowed God to work on his life between Esau and himself.
1: Mm. Right. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and it's interesting that Joseph says, "Dad, you got mixed up,"
1: yeah.
0: and yeah. tries to actually move his hands, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but Jacob, like I, I know what I'm doing. I know what, that I have my hands this way. Yes. Uh, again, a, a word of hope for all of us, maybe some people watching say, "I'm so old and I've made so many mistakes," but the Holy Spirit is really guiding Jacob yes. Yes. in mm-hmm. these last days of his life. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a, a beautiful mm-hmm. encouragement.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, P- Pedro. You had a follow-up a comment?
8: Oh, yeah. No, it's important to see the restoration. We've mm-hmm. been seeing the aspect of hope throughout this book of Genesis. And there's nothing more that we can say that we see hope every step of the way. And God bringing restoration and following God's will. Even if we have uh, gone on a stray way, we can come back to God, Amen. surrender ourselves to Him, and receive that blessing and receive hope. Amen.
1: Amen. There- Thank you. There, there was an additional revelation that was given um, through Jacob when he was blessing his twelve sons. So, let's, let's go there in chapter 49 of Genesis, verses 1 and 2, and then verse 28. And, uh, Gladys, would you read that for us? Yes. I'm reading from the New International Version,
4: Genesis 49, verses 1 and 2, and then 28. Then Jacob called for his sons and said, gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in days to come. Assemble and listen, sons of Jacob, listen to your father Israel. And verse 28, all these are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is what their father said to them when he blessed them, giving each the blessing
1: appropriate to him. So, what was the additional revelation that was given through Jacob? Jason?
7: That These guys are not just going to be family, but they're going to be tribes. Mm. So, they're going to increase mm. themselves, and they're going to become their own, shall we say, power and influence uh, in their own families.
1: hmm Go ahead, Gladys.
4: Yeah, I like it, in the verses, each person, he named each one and gave them a characteristic. of of who they were, you know, a ravenous wolf, a donkey, you know, violence, and and he just had, like, all these specific things about their personality, their character, and what God could
1: do with that. Right. It was a prediction, and I'd like us to look at one specific one, all right, as it relates to the Messiah in verses 8 through 10 of Genesis chapter 49. Mm -hmm. and.
0: Can I just say before? I would rather use the word prophecy. Yeah. Prophecy. Because lots of human beings can True. make a prediction. Yes. But, mm-hmm. but I think there's something supernatural happening That's here. That's right. Yeah. Especially yes. when we read about Judah. So, mm-hmm. it, again, isn't it amazing? He's made so many mistakes. Now he's blessing everyone, and he's given a prophetic gift yes. mm-hmm. to tell about not only their children, but the destiny of, of these tribes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Powerful. Amazing. Uh, Let's see, who would be willing to read that for us? Philly, would you read that for us? Great. Uh, Genesis 49, verses 8 through 10.
6: Sure, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. "'Judah, your brothers, will praise you. You will grasp your enemies by the neck. All your relatives will will bow before you. Judah, my son, is a young lion that has finished eating its prey. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor.
1: Amen. Mm. Amen. So, there's a prophecy of the Messiah through the line of Judah, right? Yes. Okay, do you know Judah's background? (laughs) We've (laughs) studied that, haven't we? Yes. So there must be some hope that that gives us, right? What what kind of hope and encouragement do you receive knowing that the Messiah was to come through Judah?
5: Nancy. God can use anyone, and what I love about Judah is to see his transformation in this story. Mm-hmm. We started with him being the one to suggest that Joseph be sold, um, which is, wow, <laughs> how can you do that to your own brother? But then in Chapter 44, we see that Judah intercedes for Benjamin. He was the one who stood up and, and said, you know, he intercedes for J- Benjamin. So, so we see that his, his, um, his heart has changed. And and we can do the same. Amen. Amen.
4: Uh, Amen. There can be a change of heart, Gladys. I see God's redeeming love even beyond Judah to back to Leah. She was the rejected Mm -hmm. one. She was the despised one, Mm -hmm. and yet one of her sons through one of her sons, you know, it will be Jesus coming. So I think that that is powerful. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yes. And Puya. Mm -hmm.
9: And and what I find here is that. You know, even if our family background or our history may not be perfect, God can still work through us, just like He worked through Jacob and his broken family. and this this verse that we read in verse ten was quoted by Matthew, right when Matthew wrote the genealogy of uh, Jesus that uh, you know scepter shall not depart from Judah, and highlighting you know, different people who were the on the line of the Messiah, and we find Jacob's name. Not only Jacob's name, but, you know, his relationship with uh, his uh, daughter-in-law, Tamar, who pretended to be a prostitute. It is a broken history, a broken family structure. And yet, through this broken family, we see the Messiah coming through it. That's just so beautiful of how God loves the family, even as you know, regardless of our history. God can work
3: through us.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. And one more, Travis, and then we have to move on.
3: I think the story um, of of Jesus coming through the line of Judah just really puts a stamp on everything we've been learning uh, through the book of Genesis. And that is the gospel is, uh, is not based on our goodness, but it's based on God's goodness. And, you know, we may often think that we're not good enough, but the great news of the gospel is uh, Jesus is. And I think that really is. Um, the point that we can take from this. Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you for sharing. Now we have to move on to, uh, I guess, a sad experience, right? Because Jacob recognizes that his time has uh, come to an end, Mm -hmm. and he has some very specific instructions that he gives Jacob as it relates to where he is buried. I'd like us to take a look at that in Genesis chapter 49, verses 29 through 33, and uh, Nancy, would you read that for us?
5: Yes, Uh, verses 29 through 33, and this is from the New King James Version. Then he charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron, the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron, the Hittite, as a possession for a burial place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife, and they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife, and there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is there were purchased from the sons of Heth. And when Jacob had finished commanding his sons, he drew his feet up, into the bed, and breathed his last, Mm. and was gathered to his
1: people."
2: Mm.
1: Why was Jacob so specific
2: about where he should be buried? Sabina. Stephanie, I see a trend here since uh, chapter 48, when we see this blessing that he pours upon the children, Ephraim and Manasseh, that Jacob, he really is connected to God's promise to this people. So, I think that he was, every one of his actions, the blessing to the children of Joseph, the blessing to his own children, is always pointing to the fulfillment of God's promise Mm -hmm. in them as Israel, as a people of God and not only to his own life. So, when I see here uh, this request for him to be buried back in that land, I see once again him reconnecting with God's promise he reminding them that one day would be a time where they would have to go back to that space, what's the space of God's initial promise to them. So, and, and I see that in all those chapters, not only in this event here of the mm-hmm. burial. Yes. Anyone else wanted to share? I just it just
4: gets my attention that he was very next to Leah and not mm-hmm. Rachel the whole time he was mm-hmm. fighting. His whole life was like. Rachel was his focus, Rachel was he, what he wanted and here even in his death, you know, it was not what he wanted. It was, you know, what, what what life gave him. So I think that it is it is interesting that he was buried in the cave next to Leah.
0: I and, want to disagree go ahead. <laughs> if I may. I think it is what he wanted because he buried Leah in the cave.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With, and, and she's the mother of Judah, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. He, buried her, he buried Rachel along the way That's as right. they were traveling. Mm-hmm. That's a whole discussion, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Because could God even have been leading in Laban's deception that Leah mm-hmm. was the one mm-hmm. through whom the Messiah would come? Mm-hmm. But he honors Leah remember that Rachel steals the idols mm, from her right. father yeah. and lies yeah. about sitting on them. Mm-hmm. Leah doesn't steal the idols. Mm-hmm. So, I think there are a lot of questions yeah. that we My don't answer. have answers to, right. yeah. but I, I don't think it was against His will to be buried next to Leah. In fact, mm-hmm. He says, I buried Leah there in the cave, mm-hmm. and I want you to bury me there too. Mm-hmm. So, there's, there's something in the providence of God, and we may not have, have all of the answers mm-hmm. to it, mm-hmm. Yeah. But but God has been leading in spite of the detours.
1: Yes. Yeah. Why Canaan?
0: <laughs>
2: Sabina. I think it's super interesting that, you know, Joseph, he is, before his eyes, seeing the prosperity of Joseph in that land. You know, God is the one who took him to be the prince of Egypt, even, and to save not only his family, but many nations, many people were being blessed by the gifts of Joseph, being recognized and applied in that circumstances but yet he never forgot God's promise to them. So Canaan, why Canaan? Is because once again, Jacob was recognizing that it was God who was going to continue that story of prosperity, and that they should not be fooled by maybe the circumstances and the events that were taking place in that area, because still they were supposed to go back to the place where God had spoken to them, that they were going to um, grow and become a nation. Thank you. And I we could have more discussion on this, but... In
1: light of our uh, study here today in our time, I'd like for someone to share with me what this looked like this mourning for Jacob um, that Joseph experienced. Can someone summarize the first nine verses of Genesis, chapter 50? Gladys. Uh, the impact of Jacob's
4: life, Israel's life, even in the Egyptians, is said that You know, he was prepared by the physicians, but everyone was mourning for him. So even during the years that he lived in Egypt, he made an impact to the Egyptian. And they all went with Joseph, Pharaoh, his family, his officials. They all went to bury him in Canaan. What is this? This It's like a dignitary, like a president that had died. So it was a big impact, not only of his life,
1: but of his testimony, his legacy that he had brought to Egypt. Uh Now, it was very sad to see Jacob pass away, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. But something happened to the brothers Mm -hmm. after Jacob's passing. I don't want us to uh, gloss over this one. Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 and 18. And John, if you would read that for us, Mm -hmm. Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 18. What do we see happening? Mm
3: -hmm.
10: Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 18 from the ESV. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So, they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave us this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you and now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Hmm. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants."
1: Hmm. All right. and I'd like to continue that passage on verses 19 through 21. Jason, would you continue on?
7: New King James Version says, Genesis 50, 50, verses 19 through 21, Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them.
1: So, why was Joseph's brothers anxious? after the death of their father.
6: Billy. Honestly, I think they're still remembering, you know, when they met Joseph, (laughs) Mm -hmm. everything was a test. You know, there was that roller coaster going on. So, I think even when Joseph revealed himself, maybe they were thinking, is this another test? Because, so, I think that that anxiety was never settled. So, I think maybe it it carried over. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I'm glad that, you know, they actually approached Joseph because it's, it's better to um, um, say it out loud instead of, you know, hiding it in your heart. Um, so I, so they addressed it.
1: So yeah. they addressed it. How did Joseph respond? <laughs> what was his response? <laughs> Travis.
3: He said that he was going to take care of them and, and provide for them and their little ones. And I think this is just an amazing story uh, because Joseph never, sh- and everything I've read has never showed aggression or any kind of a a mean thought towards them and uh, i think it's just satan tempting him to feel that way but i think we can relate the same idea with jesus like just because we feel a certain way does not doesn't mean that's in harmony with how god feels and in this situation it wasn't in harmony with how joseph felt
1: all right and going along with what travis said how is it that we how should we deal with guilt from past sins, can we get past that? What? Give us just a, a few things that you would recommend to someone who's dealing with guilt from past sins that they have are asking for forgiveness for. Short thoughts, God Nancy.
4: really does forgive us.
5: God he, does forgive. Yes, First John
1: one
4: nine. You can believe, Gladys. Accept God's forgiveness and forgive yourself.
2: Accept mm-hmm. God's forgiveness and forgive yourself, Sabina. And I would remember that there is no sin that God cannot forgive. You know, as long as you commit to Him, He's going to forgive you. That's right.
1: And then at the end of, of fifty, chapter 50, we see that Joseph also gives very clear instructions on where his bones are to be taken and buried. You know, he and his forefathers had the vision that they were going to Canaan. And he realized that he was just an exile in Egypt. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going. We're going to the Promised Land. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Can we keep our vision that way? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thanks
0: so much, Stephanie. Yeah. Let's pray together.
2: Amen.
0: Our Father in heaven, thank you for reminding us of your grace through this study and through this whole series on Genesis. Help us to believe that you'll be faithful to your promises and trust you with our lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us. Go out and be a blessing to those around you.